What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's February 5, 2021, and this is Lift and Learn, episode 21. In this episode, I'll be breaking down why getting stronger is the key to becoming more healthy and losing more body fat, and the importance of vitamin D, especially when it comes to preventing the flu. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. All right, so the Blackhawks are now 3-4-4 four, and four with the game tonight, which is Thursday at the time of recording. And that record is good enough for sixth in the Central Division right now, which isn't too bad, I guess. Kevin Lankinen is basically our best goalie right now, and he's looking a whole lot like the number one goalie of the future for the Hawks. Honestly, this guy has just been a brick wall so far this year. The offense, on the other hand, at least 5-on-5, is just horrible right now. If it wasn't for the power play being in the top 5 in the league right now, we'd probably only have like 5 goals for the whole year. And enough about that, I don't want to bore everyone with all of this hockey talk that you might not understand or care for. One last thing about sports though, Fred Van Vliet from your Toronto Raptors dropped 54 points versus the Magic this week. Absolutely incredible shooting numbers. He was 11 for 14 from 3, shot 17 of 23 from the field, and also had 3 blocks and 3 steals, and only 1 turnover. Some serious video game numbers there. And that's the most points in Raptors franchise history, and the most by an undrafted player ever. Amazing stuff there. So moving on, there's new research on sleep and stress that came out this past month. And if you know me, I've been trying to get an adequate amount of sleep over the past few years and my stress levels are already usually pretty low. So this was a study done on college athletes who were considered healthy and between 11 to 27% of them who had no history of a concussion still managed to report symptoms that met criteria for post-concussion syndrome, which is PCS, and that was due to a lack of sleep, elevated stress levels, and mental health issues. And that's exactly why I've been preaching this message for so long about how beneficial sleep is, all while keeping your stress levels as low as you can. I talked about the importance of sleep in episode 6 and how to deal with stress in episode 8, so you can check those out if either one of those are a problem for you. When it comes to trying to get more sleep, like I said in that episode, you can try doing some sort of physical activity during the day, maybe try staying away from your phone right before bed, and not sleeping with your phone is probably a good idea as well. 
And when it comes to sleep, just try to get in 15 minutes more than you usually would and add 15 minutes extra every week or every week or so and see how you feel after about a month of doing that. And you may find out that it helps you a lot. Now, dealing with stress, some things you can do are, again, working out is a great one. Any kind of exercise works here. Even something as simple as going for a walk will be beneficial. Getting more sleep could also help you manage your stress levels and even socializing with friends, even if it's just over FaceTime, could actually help you feel a lot better. Another one that gets overlooked a lot is meditation, so dive into the many apps out there that can help you with that. Alright, I don't know if you've heard or seen it, but Cosmo's latest magazine cover uh, features plus-size models and they're saying that this is healthy. I swear they do this every few years just to stir up some controversy. Obviously, this is absolutely the wrong idea and not healthy, but it'll get people talking. When it comes to heart health, no, being overweight is not good for anyone, even if you're active. And this new research shows that as well. So this new study in the European Journal of Preventative Cardiology still showed that no matter how much exercise you do, if you're an overweight or obese individual, you will still be at a greater risk for cardiovascular diseases compared to those who were considered to be a normal weight. So the study even compared those who were obese and active to those who were normal weight and inactive. And it showed that people in the obese and active category were still twice as likely to have high cholesterol, four times more likely to have diabetes, and five times more likely to have high blood pressure compared to those normal weight and, act and inactive sorry, individuals. And I mentioned this last week briefly too. You can't out-train a bad diet. And that really shows it right there. This is a huge issue in today's world and especially with over 66% of the world being on the overweight side of things. Alright, let's move on to how my lifts went this week. I just got back from the gym actually. But anyways, let me just get back to these point form notes. It started off pretty good. I went to a new Crunch Fitness location about an hour away last week, which was actually pretty small, but they made good use of the area they had. They even had a hip thrust machine, which is rare to see in a mainstream gym, but I didn't get to use it since I was only there for two days. That meant I ended up doing a pull day and a push day. Of course, I'd only do upper body. And they were pretty decent workouts, no PRs or anything. But then, we got buried in snow the few days after that. I forgot what the storm name was called now, but it looked like it snowed around 30 to 40 centimeters over a 36 hour period, which was nuts. So I didn't even bother going to the gym for those days, and that was actually four days in a row this week that I didn't even go to the gym. So again, I had to bust out the resistance bands and work out at home. It wasn't too bad though, my body had even more rest this week, obviously. Went back to the bands and mobility work. And then I went right back into it when I did go back into the gym on Wednesday, which ended up being an awesome leg day. I hit that 290 pound squat again for a few reps, and I'm really starting to get used to that weight. So 300 pounds, here I come. And like I just said, I just got back from the gym and I managed to hit 280 pounds on bench. Oh man, it's been years since I've been doing that weight, so that felt pretty good. On to Google now. 
So if you know about Google's track history, they usually start something or some kind of project and then they kill it a few years later. I mean, who remembers Google Plus, Google Voice, Google Allo, which was their messaging service for not even three years? Honestly, I thought that was going to be their iMessage, like, answer, but I guess not. Google Hangouts is on the way out soon. Google Play Music was killed for YouTube Music, which still hasn't been that good of an alternative, and I've been using it. And even Google Photos will soon stop their unlimited photo backup, which I've been using for years. And here's another one to add to the list. Google is shutting down their Stadia game studios. In case you didn't know, Google Stadia was supposed to be the future of cloud gaming. Apparently, the games run over the cloud, so you don't even have to use your own storage, and they claim to have very little latency and button input lag. Well, I'm pretty sure that's been a failure so far, so they're shutting down the studios. Now, Google Stadia itself isn't dead right now, and they say that they're still trying to make this into a long-term sustainable business by working with actual game developers, but this could be the first sign of the end, so... We'll see how long this survives. Alright, last but not least, let's just keep talking about gaming before diving into the fitness topics for today. I managed to finish Last of Us 2 this week. Man, what a sad ending. I don't want to spoil anything about the game, but obviously it deserved all of the Game of the Awards it got. Naughty Dog, the devs, they just know how to pull on your heartstrings. That's the sign of a good game and a good story. And PlayStation again released their few free games of the month. They got this new PS5 game called Destruction All-Stars where you're driving cars in an arena and you basically have to destroy the other cars. Keep in mind I haven't started playing this one yet so I can't really tell you anything more than that. There's also another game which I'm excited to start playing called Control Ultimate Edition where the main character has Star Wars Force-like powers. Again, I didn't start that one either, but I've seen some gameplay footage that seems pretty good. Topic 1. Why getting stronger is the key to overall health. Getting stronger just benefits you in so many ways. You might have heard that cardio is good for your heart, and while that may be true, trust me when I say getting stronger is also good for your heart, if not even better for your heart than cardio can be. In terms of heart health, getting stronger is great. Another thing getting stronger can help you with is losing weight, believe it or not. If you're stronger, that likely means you've built more muscle. And if you built more muscle, that'll lead to an increased metabolism. And that means you're burning more calories even when you're just sitting down on your couch or bed watching Netflix all day. I'm not saying that that's a good thing to do is all day just sit around and do nothing. But if you're strong, that could mean a higher metabolism, which should lead to more weight loss. Since your metabolism is higher, that means you're burning more calories even when you're doing nothing. And the effect could only be 100 or 200 calories at first, but that'll build up over time. Imagine burning 1400 more calories weekly without doing any extra work or any extra cardio. That's just one of the benefits of getting stronger. So how can you get stronger? Stop me if you've heard this before. Focus on compound movements and track your workouts. 
It's really as simple as that. Getting stronger will also improve balance, make your bones stronger, and that's especially useful for women where osteoporosis is more of an issue, and that's where your bones are brittle, which could lead to you more easily getting bone fractures. If you're an older individual, getting stronger and resistance training is going to be so important as well to prevent sarcopenia, which is the natural loss of lean muscle mass, which just happens as you get older. After the age of 30, you'll naturally start to lose 3-5% to of lean muscle mass a year, and that's going to be amplified if you don't resistance train regularly. If you don't use it, you lose it. It's as simple as that. And I just hit 30 this past September, so I'm going to do my best to prevent this muscle loss as much as I can, because I still have goals to get to. So to prevent this loss in muscle mass, it would be advisable to do at least 30 minutes twice a week of resistance training to prevent this. Of course, that's a minimal dose. As you get more advanced, you should do more than that. But ramp it up and ramp the intensity up slowly. I talked a bit about strength and muscle increasing your metabolism, and that's why getting strong is a good way to stay in shape and to prevent you from accumulating body fat. The stronger you are, the more muscle you likely have, and the more muscle you have, the more calories you'll be burning at rest, which will help keep you at a normal weight and keep your body fat at a lower level. Getting strong will even help you be more in tune with your body. So what do I mean by that? Well, that could mean a lot of things. That could mean living a more independent life for a longer amount of time. You'll be able to wash your feet without falling. You'll be able to put your groceries and reach your groceries on that top shelf without assistance. You'll be able to move better and stepping off something that doesn't seem, doesn't even seem that high, like a curb on the side of the road. You'll be able to step down off of those with no problem. Getting out of the car won't be an issue, and even taking the stairs won't be a problem either if you're constantly active. When you get older, falling is a really bad thing and could be cause for serious injury. And if you don't believe me, I've known someone personally who was an older individual, he was in his 80s, who simply fell and tripped over the curb and passed away, and that was heartbreaking. Getting strong can also help with keeping arthritis under control, and if you have type 2 diabetes, strength training could even help with glucose control, along with a better diet, of course. Strength could also boost energy levels and improve your mood. Strength has also been shown to have positive effects in your brain due to the increase in endorphins. And here's the best part. You can get stronger without a gym. You can do this in your own home, which is obviously something that's needed in the world we're living in today. It just takes some effort. When you age, it's only natural to have less energy, and you may struggle doing simple tasks like groceries or going up the stairs, like I said. But if you do your best to stay strong throughout the years, then these tasks will be a lot easier for you. And no, you don't need to be a power lifter, that's not what I'm saying here, but... As long as you resistance train a few times a week, you'll be putting yourself in a good position. So that's why you need to start getting strong today. You can do it all in the comfort of your own home. Just track your workouts and slowly get better at doing movements. Then when you're comfortable, start adding weight or making the workouts harder over time. 
then eventually you'll see these strength improvements start to affect your life in positive ways. It'll prevent arthritis, diabetes, osteoporosis, heart disease, obesity, I can go on and on. And a big one as you age, it'll get rid of that back pain. Topic 2. The Importance of Vitamin D If you're in a place with seasons or anywhere that gets cold in the late months of the year and the early months of the year, let's say a winter season from November to February, then you're likely going to be deficient or low in this D vitamin during those times. This is because the sun is a major source of it. And in those winter months, you don't really want to spend a lot of time outside because it's so cold out, and also because the sun isn't really out much in the first place. The sun seems to come out at 10am and seems to set or leave at 4pm at times. That's not leaving a lot of time to enjoy the sun or soak it in if you spend your day working. That means you're under artificial light all day and by the time you finish work the sun's already gone. If you're not getting it from the sun then you're going to rely on getting it solely from food sources. But even that might not be adequate enough. And that's why most of us are going to be lacking vitamin D during the colder months. If you're someone with a darker complexion, you'll also have to be outside longer than a lighter skinned individual because of higher melanin levels, which affects how much vitamin D you can absorb. I mentioned it briefly maybe once before, but February, so that's this month, is the peak of the flu season well, on most years. This year it seems like the flu cases are actually down because of this other sickness you might have heard of called COVID-19. COVID has caused most of us to be indoors and isolated and that's affected a lot of things. That means most people aren't in contact with others as much as they normally would be, therefore exposing themselves to less people more than every other year. And most of us have also been wearing masks for the majority of the past year, and we've been repeatedly told to wash our hands more, so that's also another factor when it comes to limiting the flu and the spread of COVID-19. Regardless, vitamin D deficiency still exists during these months, so it's a time when our immune system is lower than most of the other months. And if you're lacking vitamin D, this doesn't just happen overnight. This is partly why the peak of the flu season is in February. It starts to get cold in September or October. And while you were outside every day during the summer months maybe, you were building up that vitamin D within the body. Now it gets cold in September or October, so you're pretty much inside all the time. And that's okay for the first few months. You don't notice anything in November or December or even January because you already built up that vitamin D storage within the body. Well, when February comes around, your vitamin D levels are going to be pretty much diminished at this point because you spent all winter inside getting little amounts of vitamin D, and that's why you're more susceptible to developing the flu by the time this month comes around. I've already talked about how important it is to get outside. It can reduce depression, and you can actually get your vitamin D in naturally from the sun. Sitting inside by the window in the sun is actually not the same. And that's because glass actually prevents you from getting what's needed from the sun, and that's the UVB light rays, so you actually need to get direct sunlight. 
The sun is a major source of vitamin D, but you can also get it from some food sources as well. It's found in egg yolks, cod liver oil, salmon, milk that's fortified, and even some yogurts. I already mentioned that the lack of vitamin D could increase your chances of getting the flu, but it could also increase the risk of heart disease along with MS. A lack of it could also lead to osteoporosis as well, which I briefly mentioned in the last topic, but that's because one of the jobs of vitamin D within the body is to make sure that you have the right amount of calcium and phosphorus in your body. And you should already know that calcium is important when it comes to keeping your bones tough and strong. Again, this is especially useful for older people. In even more serious cases, a lack of this vitamin could also lead to osteomalacia, which is where your bones are weak and soft. Even for males, this is a big one as well. About 40% of males are deficient in vitamin D, and this is actually detrimental to testosterone levels and insulin sensitivity. That could mean things like not gaining as much muscle as you potentially could, and that could also mean lower libido or sex drive. This is an essential vitamin that helps with various things, such as anti-inflammatory issues, bone and joint, and brain health. And if you're lacking in vitamin D, this doesn't just happen overnight, like I said earlier. You may have built your vitamin D stores throughout the years, but as you get older, you might spend less and less time outside, and you might not be getting an adequate amount in your foods. And then you start to develop all of these issues, which could be related to the lack of vitamin D you've been getting in for years and years. Now pair those low vitamin D levels with all of the other questionable health choices and bad diet for years. Yeah, it's going to be a bad time. These diseases that people develop don't just happen overnight. It happens over years of repeated negative health choices. And I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means, but I'm mindful of these things so that I'm not just sitting in my house all day, eating highly processed snacks all the time, not being active. And no, I personally haven't gone for walks outside lately, but I'm trying to get an adequate amount through foods. And honestly, I can't wait to get outside. The first day where it's a positive temperature in terms of degrees Celsius, I'll be outside there for as long as I can be. Right now though, I know it must be hard for a lot of people out there. This past week, there was a low of minus 21 and most days are around minus 10. We also had about a foot of snow this past week, so obviously I won't be outside during these times, so I can't wait for March to come around. Hopefully that'll bring some more warmer weather. And that concludes episode 21 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. Again, thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in next week with another episode where I'll be talking about three different topics, what's in my gym bag, the pros and cons of being a personal trainer, 
and how to stay in shape in the winter during the pandemic that seems like it'll never end.